0: The meeting, during the meeting, we'll post the link to our seven tradition. This money goes toward the cost of our Zoom account, the cost of uploading our recordings, and we also send contributions to our intergroup and World Service Organization. We will post a link to the previous week's recordings that are available by clicking on the link that will be posted in the chat box. And it is with great, great, great gratitude and, and thanks to God that I get to introduce Harlan G. right now, because he certainly has been missed. Welcome, Thank Harlan. You.
1: Thank you, Dottie. Thank you so much. I really appreciate this. I have never, ever said this before with such sincerity. I am thrilled to be back here. Uh, it's been three weeks since, uh, since September the 10th, I believe it was, the 10th of September, or the 9th, the 10th, 11 12th. Yeah, I think it was the 9th of September. It was a Saturday. We, I was in Arlington Heights. I was visiting Cindy, my girlfriend, Cindy, and I were uh, in Arlington Heights. And um, that was the last time I did this. A funny thing happened to me on the way to uh, the 13th of uh, September. And that is at the airport, I, I flew from Chicago to Phoenix. I landed at Sky Harbor Airport. I didn't know that anything was wrong. I suspected nothing. There was, as they say in the big book, not a cloud on the horizon. I went and got my bags. I was very excited to get my bags. Now, usually I leave my car at the airport. I don't usually need a cab or anything home i usually take it to the airport but i was in chicago for 12 days so this time i decided to take a cab there and a cab back is a way of uh, cutting costs because parking at sky harbor airport is very expensive it's very very expensive so i was going out where it said eastbound cabs eastbound taxis and i live in the east valley i live in scottsdale And Scottsdale is northeast of Phoenix. So if you look at Phoenix as my hand, my hand is Phoenix. So then we would be in the northeast corner up here in Scottsdale. So as I was leaving, I thought I tripped on my suitcase, which is what I said. But no, I had a low blood pressure episode I had an episodic uh, episodic event of very low blood pressure. I suffer from something called AFib, which is atrial fibrillation of the heart. It's an abnormal heartbeat and I'm in chronic AFib. I never really come out of AFib uh, at all. I'm in it constantly. And the next thing I knew, the fire department was was coming to get me. And I asked this one guy, not from the fire department, help me up and he said oh no he says you're covered in blood I'm not touching you I said I'm covered in blood I just fell down I didn't and all of a sudden I looked at my shirt and I went to Mather High School this was this is one of my Mather shirts but there was another Mather shirt and it was just soaked in blood just soaked in blood and my eye had been opened up by the fall And the fire department got me up and they were going to take me to the hospital. I said, oh, no, no, I don't, for a cut eye, I don't need to, I just thought the only thing that was wrong with me was a cut eye. But I'm feeling in my leg, I'm on my hip, something is, is bulging, something's happening. I didn't know what a hematoma was at that time. I didn't really know that I had a hematoma. I just knew that every few minutes it was getting worse. So I signed a release and I said, I'm just going to go home with a cab. And if I need to, I'll go see my doctor. Well, little did I know that when I got home, uh, I needed to go to the ER. So I went to the ER here in Scottsdale, not in Phoenix, where the fire department was going to take me. The fire department was going to take me to Banner Health. This is Honor Health, which is right here. And I went there and they... Did a CT scan on my head and they did x rays on my hip and they found that I did not break my because I have false hips and false knees, didn't break anything. I didn't, you know, everything was okay, but I had a hematoma. I couldn't really walk very well. So the emergency room here in Scottsdale released me. They released me. They stitched up my eye and they released me. Well, I'm sending pictures of myself to people, uh, Cindy and my friend in California, my friend here, and they're all yelling and screaming, you got to go to the emergency room, you got to go to the emergency room. So I did. I went over here, like I told you, and the emergency room released me. And I get up to go and I couldn't even stand up. I couldn't walk. And I'm walking like I've got a load in my pants and I'm 98 years old. And the woman said, why are you walking that way? I said, gosh, I don't know how else to walk. And I said, I got to sit down. So I said to her, almost at the same time that she said to me, we need to admit you. I said, I think you need to admit me. Yes, I think you need to. Well, I didn't have anything with me. I didn't have a suitcase. I didn't have my big book. I didn't have anything with me at all whatsoever. So that was on a... Tuesday yeah i think it was a tuesday that i left chicago anyway i was in the hospital 6 days and if you don't have anybody with you they you you have to go to a rehab center they you know they would not release me to be at home by myself so they said you have a two story house you have a one story house i have a two story house which now i'm looking as a folly. I just, I can't, I got to get something else. I got to buy something else. One way or the other, I, I can't live with the stairs. Either I have to live completely down here or I have to get a condo that is one level, like, uh, you know, one thing and that's it. Where, where Cindy lives in, in Illinois, you take the elevator to the floor, you're in the condo, you don't have to walk any stairs, you don't have to do anything. That's what I need. I'm not getting any younger. Let's Let's face the fact that I'm not getting any uh, younger. So anyway, so they wouldn't release me. So my friend owns a company where they do hospice and oxygen and medical equipment and they do beds and wheelchairs and they do all that stuff. He owns the company. So on three hours notice, who of his workers came, you know, is it odd or is it God? Is, is, Is this odd or is this God? They come in and they gave me a thing for the shower, a thing to sit down in the shower. And they gave me a bed, a hospital. They didn't give it to me, but they put a hospital bed in my living room, which they'd done before, which they'd done before. So I have a hospital bed in my living room. It looks kind of odd, but it, it, it works, it works. And uh, Cindy came and she got there almost at the same time that I was being released. I was in my car and I shouldn't have been driving. Absolutely, because there was the right leg that was injured, should not have been driving. But I didn't work the gas pedal, I just worked the brake. See, that was my secret that I didn't tell anyone. I couldn't work gas and brake, so I just worked the brake. So I see this cab and it's Cindy. She comes home with me and for the last three weeks, two weeks, three weeks, two weeks, because I was in the hospital a week. She shopped, she cleaned, she rearranged, she waited on me hand and foot. I'll tell you what she did. As I walked with my walker, when the physical therapist came, she would walk ahead and kick the rocks away on the sidewalk. That's, that's love. I mean, that's, that's something. And, uh, I mean, it's just been an amazing. Now, obviously, she has to, at some point soon, unfortunately, go back to Arlington Heights because that's where she lives and she's got bills to pay and she's got responsibilities. Well, I'll tell you, I'm going to cry when she leaves. Let me just tell you that. I'm going to be bawling like a baby when she leaves. But I'm hoping she'll come back soon. And, you know, I'm hoping that. But this has just been an adventure in... Uh, not knowing the script, just going with whatever God puts in front of you. And I knew in my mind, I knew in my mind there were dark times in the hospital, because, you know, this is a time where when you're hospitalized, no one comes to see you. You know, this is this is not like when I was a kid. You know, you hear somebody's in the hospital, you get your butt over there. You know, even if it's for 10 minutes, you know, you bring them a candy bar or a flower or a card or a balloon or whatever the hell it is, and you don't have to stay all night, but you don't let them linger there by themselves either. Well, now, visiting someone in the hospital, unless you're dying or you're in the maternity ward, is not, you can't do it. I don't even think they would let you do it. I I, I don't. No one was getting any visitors that, and I asked several times, there was one guy getting visitors because he was dying on the floor. He was dying and his family was there, but I don't even think anybody had visitors. I don't think so. So anyway, long story, the world changes, you know, COVID changed the world. COVID really changed everything about our world. You don't, you don't go visit people in the hospital anymore. And I don't even think they'll let you. I I, I mean, I could be wrong about that, but I don't think they'll even let you visit somebody in the hospital. I have to check on that one, but uh, I don't think so. I think in the maternity ward, you can do it, and in certain other places, yes, but other than that, they didn't even want to take me out through the emergency room because that's where I had parked, and they kicked up a fuss. They said no. We're going to release you at the main entrance because there's infections, diseases, there's people with COVID in the emergency room. We don't want you going out that way. And I had to really convince them that there was no other. How was I going to find my car? And they finally did. They finally did. I'll let you in on my little secret. I begged the nurse and I gave her 20 bucks to please take me out through the ER. Because I don't know how the hell I would have found my car. So anyway, as I said, Cindy was here, and uh, we've had a good go of it, a good go of it, even under these, you know me being sick and so on. just a good go of it and I'm I'm very lucky. If you don't know Cindy, you're missing out on something. she's really a queen. she's really a prince princess uh, to me, and she's just wonderful. i'm 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 a lucky lucky man. Anybody that walks ahead of you and kicks the rocks away when you're walking with your walker or your cane so you shouldn't trip on the rocks is definitely a keeper. So I I hope I get to be with Cindy till I close my eyes for the final time. I truly do. But this has just been a, a wonderful, wonderful experience. Uh, for us as a couple, and a tragic experience for my poor little hip here, where I still have a hematoma. And uh, I have my, um, my hand was completely black and blue, where I landed on my hand, that's cleared up. There's some scratches in my hand, but that's it. I have some numbness in my fingers. I don't know why. And my eye was cut and they put, uh, what do you call it, Uh, uh, dissolvable uh, stitches in my eye. Uh, The medical care at at the hospital was good. The only thing I will say, as long as I've got the microphone, is this. I have no idea why they insist that you rest and then at one o'clock in the freaking morning, one o'clock in the morning, I'm not exaggerating, they come in there and they want to take my vitals. For the love of God, here's a vital for you. I'm asleep. Leave me alone. Why can't you take the vitals when I'm up? One o'clock in the morning, hand to God, I was there six days, one o'clock in the freaking morning. And this is Scottsdale. This isn't Mongolia or, you know, God knows. This is Scottsdale. We're supposed to know better out here. This is a upwardly mobile. This is a if you don't know anything about Scottsdale, we're not exactly in the sticks over here. We're not exactly uh baron of gray matter here. We're supposed to be enlightened over here. One o'clock in the morning, and there was nothing I, I said to the doctor, "Do they have to do this at one o'clock in the morning? And he said, well, that's out of my hands and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, so six o'clock in the morning or five o'clock in the morning, because I had a very low hemoglobin count, and my blood pressure was very low. so I had two blood transfusions. So um they they need to check my hemoglobin. Four o'clock, five o'clock, six o'clock in the morning, they're sticking me with a needle. And then they wonder why you can't sleep. Well, stop sticking me with needles and stop, you know, doing that but my hemoglobin was really low. And they feel that that is probably as much the culprit as anything was, was the low hemoglobin and the low uh, blood pressure. So they felt like this was really more the problem. I, I thought I tripped. I don't think I tripped. Now, looking back, I had a uh low blood pressure episode. I, I don't really believe that I did trip. I think I passed out because I'm not from the trippers. I'm not from the uh, the fallers. and I think that this was more uh, a, a blood pressure kind of thing, hemoglobin kind of thing. and that was really uh you know what i uh, what I experienced. I hope none of you ever experienced that. And I hope I never experienced that again. It was freaking scary. I will tell you this. And, um, you know, it just, again, I know I've said this before and I've said this again. It is something about life where you think you have the script down, you know, here on Tuesday, I'm going to go see Fred. And on Wednesday, I'm going to go see Mary. And on Thursday, I'm going to go to the amusement park. I'm learning as I get older. I'm learning as I get older. Write down your plans in pencil. In Yiddish, there's an expression. Allah mentioned lachen. Allah mentioned plan uh, gag lachen. What does that mean? It means all the men are planning and God is laughing. All the men are planning and God is laughing because we don't know. If somebody would have said to me, as I got off the plane from Chicago to Phoenix, that when I get my suitcase, I'm gonna fall down, I would have thought they were crazy. I would have thought they were nuts, but that's exactly what happened, exactly what happened. And I was very lucky to live. I was lucky that it, it it could have been worse. I could have broke, re, you know, broke my replaced hip. I could have broke a knee. I could have broke a leg. I could have broke my skull. I could have fractured my skull. Um, I could have broke my hand. I mean, I could go on and on of, of what could have happened. None of that happened. None of that happened. And I'm a lucky man. And again. Uh, Before we get into the actual text here on page 132, and we're going to start with, so we think cheerfulness and laughter. Um, I, I can't even begin to tell you how God has played a role in all of this. I would pray incessantly, you know, I'm used to walking three miles a day. I'm sure my weight is up because I'm not eating. I'm not overeating. But I'm not, I'm like Jabba the Hut. You know, you sit there like Jabba the Hut long enough, you're going to gain weight. You know, I'm like Jabba. I'm sitting there barking out orders and bring me this and go get this and do that. You know, that doesn't exactly burn the calories like working and and uh, um, walking, you know, three miles a day, six days a week, which I've been very good about, very good about that. Um... But as I say, all in all, it could have been worse, but it it took its toll. And I, I don't like to gain weight. But the, the one other thing that is good about it is they're going to do something for my heart. They're going to put in what's called the, I think it's called the watchdog or something like that, the watchdog. Anyway, what it is, is it's going to be put in my heart from the groin area. And it'll kick out those blood clots that my blood thinner And my blood thinner made everything worse. My blood thinner exasperated the hematoma and it it exasperated the cut on my eye. Uh, So, you know, that was a a, a bad thing was what the blood thinner was a bad, bad thing. But um, I uh, I'm going to get this Watchman. Watchman. Yeah, that's what it is. Watchman. And uh, I will be off after 45 days of its installation. I'll be off my blood thinners, which is wonderful, which is which is just great. And hopefully I won't have a stroke because the watchman kind of takes those blood clots and gets rid of it. So my life will be in the hands of this machine. You know, so God will have to make sure it's working well if he wants to keep me around. And then just last but not least to Cindy. Uh, absolutely lucky, lucky me, uh, never was lucky in this area in my life until now. And I am just the luckiest guy you could imagine. She is the greatest girlfriend anybody could ever want. Anybody could ever dream about. She has every, every accolade that I could throw up at her. I throw at her. Not only am I madly in love with this woman, but how many people are going to walk ahead of you and kick the rocks from the sidewalk so I shouldn't trip? My house it looks like a bomb went off because everything is clean and organized. I never even dreamed all this was possible. I'm from the school that says you get something, you throw it on the floor and you'll deal with it later, you know, that kind of thing. Well, That doesn't work here. But she is the best. She is the greatest girlfriend I could ever have imagined. And I hope to God that when I breathe my last, it's with her in the room and and that's it. So I'm very lucky to be with Cindy. Very lucky to be alive. Uh, My hand is relatively fine. My other hand is a little numb. Um, But uh, I don't know if that'll ever go away. But I can live with the numb two fingers here. I can live with that. That's fine. Um but um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just a lucky man. So that said, let's go to page 132. Oh, and there's one other thing that needs to be said. Thank you to all of you who reached out in your way, the phone calls, were appreciated. The texts were appreciated. I couldn't get to all the phone calls as much as I would have liked to, because I just couldn't. I didn't, I didn't have the strength. I didn't have the, I didn't have the uh, time awake. When I first got to the hospital and they were doing all the, you know, I was injured. I was freshly injured. I was sleeping maybe 15 hours, 16 hours a day The only time I would get up is when they would have to stick me with a needle or take my blood pressure and squeeze my arm to death and so on. So this was something that uh, I appreciate all of you. Some of you sent beautiful cards. Some of you sent little tchotchkes, little things. I appreciate your love and your concern. We really are a family. We really are a family. And uh, this is more than proof. I hope that each and every one of you will know how much I love all of you. and that I'm hoping that in Los Angeles, we will be together and that we will we will have our time and we will, you know, uh, the we will have our, our moments of crying and our moments of laughter and, I hope that anybody that's listening to this, whether you're listening live or you're listening on the podcast, will come to the birthday, the 12th, the 13th, and the 14th of January. That's this coming January. And uh, you know that'll be very important for all of us. Now, one other thing. On November the 5th, We will go to standard time. Daylight savings time will come to an end. This Saturday morning meeting will only be affected if you are in the state of Arizona. What I do is I start an hour later. If I had it to do all over again, I would start these early in the morning. We get more people. But I didn't. I didn't really see the future when we first started this, and I just duplicated what we had been doing live. And that is ten o'clock in the morning. I did it live, so that's what we did. So anyway, that was back in the COVID days, and I I didn't see that we would still be here on um, what do on uh, <clears throat> Zoom on Zoom. So I think my brain was a little affected by the knock in the head. I'm having trouble thinking of simple words sometimes. I don't know if it's because I got three weeks older or if I got that knock on the head. I'm not quite sure. Maybe it was a combination of both. But anyway, uh, so don't worry about that. Now, if you are into our evening meetings, which is Sunday through Friday on this same Zoom uh, frequency, same Zoom identification. Those meetings on November the 5th will begin one hour earlier. One hour earlier. But this Saturday morning will not change unless you are in Arizona. So the other ones only change if you're not in Arizona, and these change on Saturday if you're in Arizona. So for the sake of Saturday morning, No change at all, unless you are in the state of Arizona, because I have to begin an hour later to accommodate no change at all whatsoever. So I hope I made that clear. I hope it made sense. Until November 5th, there is nothing to worry about. And then on November 5th, daylight savings time will come to an end all that chatter and nattering about we're gonna end this daylight savings time and we're gonna put an end to it. They've been screaming about that for the 60 years I've been alive. Don't believe them at all. It'll never change as far as I can see. Okay, now we're going to talk about the big book, which is why we're here, (laughs) because I'm not running a gossip column here. I'm not running a a gossip column, but the bottom line is, is this. Uh, we have a uh, situation where we're doing the family afterward. So as the family afterward, what I like to do is point out that not only is this really about how we interact with the alcoholic in our lives or the addict, but it's how we interact with ourselves. How do we relate to ourselves? There are two permanent relationships in our life, only two, the relationship we have with ourselves and the relationship we have with God. As much as we want to think or as much as we hope to think or as much as we would like to think that this person or this job or this city or this institution or location is going to be part of my life forever, I am here to tell you, hold on to your hats. Because things change and when they change, they change quickly, profoundly, and irreversibly. Nobody checked with me before my mother died. Nobody checked with me before my dad died. Nobody cleared that with me. Nobody sent me a memo that says, your mom's gonna die at two o'clock tomorrow morning. Is that okay with you? Check yes or no. Nobody ever gave me that memo. It happens, and now I have to adjust to it. And that's just the way things work. So let's go to page 132. So we think cheerfulness and laughter. That's where we're going to start. So we think cheerfulness and laughter make for usefulness. Outsiders are sometimes shocked when we burst into merriment over a seemingly tragic experience out of the past. But why shouldn't we laugh? We have recovered, and we have been given the power to help others. Now, let's talk about that for just a minute because that's the point that we left off at when I was last in Arlington Heights, Illinois. And we talked about that we share our experience with the newcomer. Well, maybe crapping in my pants was a horrible, horrible thing when I did it. Yes, it was horrible and it was embarrassing and it was horrible, Just, just a nightmare. But today I can use information about breaking toilets, about breaking chairs, breaking furniture, not finding clothing to fit. Now I can use my years of asexual existence, my years of loneliness. I can use those things to help another person. I can use those things to give identification to a person who is new and suffering. And so as as things happen, the worst aspects of my life become a lifeline for someone else. Isn't God wise when he gives us these experiences that only we have so that we can use these things to save the life of someone else. Isn't that just like God? Not to waste something and to take these events of our life and say, I'm going to use it to save someone's life. And there are things about your story that are unique unto you, that someone is coming in and they need to hear your story. They need to hear your laughter. They need to hear your tears. They need to hear because they need identification. Not that they need so much information. There are two things that people will remember from their first meeting. I bet you that if there's anybody here that has their first meeting more than, say, 10 years ago, which a lot of you are in that category you may not remember much about what was said to you but there are two things you remember about that first meeting that you will remember the rest of your life the first thing is how they made you feel and the way that they make you feel welcome is this is part of the second thing is did they reach out to you by saying hi and greeting you and so on how did they make you feel And how did they welcome you? Did they welcome you adequately? But how did they make you feel? That was what brought you back. Information on weight loss is very easy to obtain. If you're on Zoom or you're on the podcast, I'm going to assume that you have internet access because that's a very fair assumption. And if you have internet access, and you need information on weight loss, Lord in heaven, there is a plethora. There is a library. There is a congressional library of information at your fingertips from caloric content to, to how to lose weight, uh, whatever the, 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 the pink, uh, the pink grapefruit method and the, The uh, cabbage soup method. And then there was one guy, he was on the whiskey drinking diet, the whiskey drinking diet or the whiskey diet. Craig could tell you. Craig knows. Craig in uh, uh, Oklahoma, he knows this one. The guy had whiskey and, and steak. Or something like that. I'll have I'll I'll ask Craig when we get to the questions, but Craig knows it's called the whiskey diet. And there's all kinds of diets, Stillman diet, and there's the Atkins, all these various, and they're all good. They're all good. They all work. The problem is people like us can't stick to them. That see, if if you went to any Weight Watchers meeting or you went to any TOPS meeting or Nutrisystem, whatever it is. Those diets work. There's nothing wrong with those diets. The problem is what happens when they don't. What happens when you're afraid? What happens when you're frustrated? You're bored? You're angry? What happens when you're just a rebel? You know, Bill Wilson, we're immature, sensitive, perfectionistic rebels. We rebel against being told what to do, don't we? How many people here? There's 146 of you, which I'm very honored. I've been gone three weeks. And oh, by the way, there's one other thing I better con- I better talk about before I say one more word. I owe a deep debt of gratitude to Janet. And I don't know who, uh, Nancy, could you tell me who else spoke and filled
0: in? Yes, let's see. We had Janet B. and mm-hmm. she spoke by herself for the whole hour. Okay. And, and even though I offered to give her a partner, she said, oh, no, I'm glad to do it. Then Kay. the other week, we had uh, Ore, And uh, and let's see, who was the person with her, with him? Let me see. I have to, uh, does anyone remember Ore's? Let me take a look here. Susan I haven't G? Written, I have it written down, no. it was
1: Lindsay an, W. Oh, Lindsay,
0: Lindsay W. W. And it turns out, Harlan, Everybody was so amazed after Lindsay talked first. Then Ari got on and he made it very clear from his share that this that he and Lindsay were a couple, which I didn't know when, because at first I asked Lindsay. Then she called me back a few days later and said, How would you feel about me having Ari be with me? I said, Wonderful, because I heard him at the birthday yeah. party and he was phenomenal. But I didn't realize until they both shared that they have just, you know, one, they're a wonderful couple and they talked a lot about things pertaining to that.
1: Very good, very good. That's that's excellent. One day, maybe I'll do one of these with Cindy. But anyway, the bottom line is, is that um, I want to thank Ore, who I've known for a long time. I remember when Arway, Ore was 500 pounds. I remember when Ore was sitting in the back in Los Angeles. Now he looks like he's a... A scrapping dude. I wouldn't mess with him. And Lindsay and Janet, I want to thank each and every one of you for attending and doing what you need to do. And thank you from the bottom of my heart to the people that filled in for me. This was very, very last minute and very, very uh, unexpected. What happened was just totally unexpected. Okay, back to the big book because that's why you're here, I assume. 132, very bottom of the page. Everybody knows that those in bad health and those who seldom play do not laugh much. So let each family play together or separately as much as their circumstances warrant. We are sure God wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. We cannot subscribe to the belief that this life is a veil of tears, though it once was just that for many of us, but it is clear that we made our own misery. God didn't do it. Avoid then the deliberate manufacture of misery, but if trouble comes, cheerfully capitalize it as an opportunity to demonstrate his omnipotence. Go and have fun. Don't live to recover, recover to live, recover to live. This is not about sitting in your home, stark, raving, abstinent. This is about you living. Now, when I was a little boy, there were many, many friends of my dad, not all of them, but many of them, were concentration camp survivors. I'm a child. I was born in the 50s, but I'm a child of the 60s. So we were only 20 years out from the camps. And they would grab my face like this, and they would shake my face and kiss me and say, live until you die. Live until you die. We are here to live. We are here to enjoy. There is more than abstinence. There is more than a food plan. There is more. Go and do the things you like to do. Come to the birthday. Come to Los Angeles. Don't be an old fuddy duddy. Come to these things, retreats and conventions, they will change your life. You'll have a lot of fun, I promise you. But besides OA things, go and enjoy. You like the ball game, go and do an opera or music or whatever the heck it is you like. This is it, guys. This is it. There is no other life coming. This is not a dress rehearsal this is it. Go and do and enjoy. I'm having I'm having lunch today with a really beautiful girl. I can't wait. You know, we're going to go and we're going to have lunch after this, if I'm able. Uh, we're going to have lunch and I'm going to have lunch with the absolute most gorgeous girl that's here in Arizona right now. And I can't wait, but that's part of life. Having lunch isn't the be all and the end all, but it's part of life. Go and live your life. Don't sit home and be abstinent. Don't sit home and, and, and just do this. This is great. This has to be number one in my life, but go. And if you have friends over there or friends over there or relatives, whatever it is you like, go and call them and say let's go here let's go they don't want to do it find somebody else that does this is it guys this is it yes the rich relationships of my life including including my girlfriend came as the result of you know dif- you know recovery but i have other friends too i have friends that have never darkened the door of a meeting in their life you know, they don't have uh experience with this. I still love them, but I don't discuss, you know, different things with them. Of course not. You have your friends, you have your relatives, go and enjoy. What kind of God would bring you this far to abandon you now? You know, there's an old expression, God didn't drag me out of Lake Michigan to abandon me on Montrose Beach. You, you've got to know that God is going to take you the rest of the way. Join the class. Go to the show. Do the things that are consistent to life. Do I always do the best I can with that? No, because I'm a coward sometimes. But I try. I try. I do the best I can. I really do the best that I can. Let's continue. Now about health, a body badly burned by alcohol does not often respond, does not often recover overnight, nor do twisted thinking and depression vanish in a twinkling. We are convinced that a spiritual mode of living is a most powerful health restorative. We who have recovered from serious drinking are miracles of mental health. This is a a mental illness, Remember the the story of the jaywalker? And he tells us in the story of the jaywalker, he says, this is insanity. He says, strong language, but isn't it true? We who have suffered the ringer of alcoholism can agree that that jaywalker story fits us exactly. It fits us exactly. Doesn't it? Fits me. I am insane When it comes to food, it's absolutely my insanity. So, when I recover, I am a miracle of mental health. I have a friend of mine in California. He would be laughing hysterically at that line. He would think that that is very funny because he always thinks I'm psycho or I'm nuts or I'm crazy or goofy or whatever. But I am, according to the big book, which supersedes his opinion, I am in recovery. I am a miracle of mental health. Now, we have seen, but we have seen remarkable transformations in our bodies. I walk three miles a day, six days a week before this horrible mishap. And um, it says hardly one of our crowd now shows any mark of dissipation. Dissipation are the obvious uh, 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 signs of alcoholism, alcoholism. But when I walk three miles a day, and I can't do that now, but I'll be back to it. You can bet your life. I'm a fighter and I'm a survivor. I'm going to fight to get my life back. I'm going to fight. I, I you know, I haven't been able to drive. I'm going to fight for that. I'm going to fight to walk. I'm, gonna, I'm going to fight. I'm not going to just sit here and lay down and say, oh, well, well, now instead of walking three miles a day, I'm just going to walk to the kitchen and get myself a triple cheeseburger. No, I'm not doing that, but I'm going to fight. But the bottom line is when we feel good, when we exercise, when we do running or yoga or jumping or karate or whatever it is you do, uh, walking, whatever it is you do, square dancing, one of the things out here that's very big, I'm sure it's big where you are too, is pickleball. Oh my God, every every place you go is is pickleball heaven. And the fight is on because the tennis players, they want more courts for tennis. And the pickleball players, they want more courts for pickleball. So the fight is on, ladies and gentlemen, the fight is on between pickleball and uh, tennis. But whatever it is you do, it feels good to do it. And it helps you alleviate some of your self-loathing. You know, if, if you've been around me and you've heard me, I am a big believer that this is a disease of self-loathing. And when I walk and I do the things that are expected of me, I can't hate myself like that because I did a good job of walking or I did a good job of doing my work, you know, yesterday. I didn't sell on the phone, but I took care of a bunch of clerical stuff for my business. When I feel good like that, I don't hate myself. And it really makes a difference in my outlook on life when I can say, yes, I'm a good guy. And the way I'm a good guy is I earn it with myself through my action. Very important. Very important. Page 133, middle of the page. But this does not mean that we disregard human health measures. Now, when I fell down at Sky Harbor Airport, I did not call for an OA group to come and get me. I went to the emergency room. Over here on Shea Boulevard in Scottsdale, I went over there and I let them. So it says here, God has abundantly supplied this world with fine doctors, psychologists, and practitioners of various kinds. Do not hesitate to take your health problems to such person. Most of them give freely of themselves that their fellows may enjoy sound minds and bodies. Try to remember that though God has wrought miracles among us, we should never belittle a good doctor or psychiatrist. Their services are often indispensable in treating a newcomer and in following his case afterwards. OA does not have an answer for the fact that I have chronic AFib. OA does not have an answer for anxiety or depression. It doesn't have an answer for all manner of, of OCD or, or whatever it is we can suffer from or, or whatever. It doesn't have answers for that. We have psychiatrists, we have psychologists, we have practitioners, doctors. When I needed hips and knees or I needed whatever, I went to a medical professional, So this is what the big book is telling me, that we are not an answer for everything. We cannot be an answer. We have an answer for the spiritual malady. Yes, we have an answer for the allergy of the body if we refrain from uh, ingesting our allergens. Yes, we have remedies for compulsive overeating, but we are not everything to all things. It is impossible. So if you need a doctor or you need whoever it is, whatever it is you need, the big book is telling you, go get whatever help you need. Uh, In Jewish, there's an expression that I can't even think of right now. It's in Hebrew. It means Whatever you need to sustain life. A lot of times, you know, because in Judaism, you cannot use the phone or you can't drive your car on the Sabbath or on a holiday. So people say, What would you do if you had a heart attack? You go to the hospital. You call 911. You do whatever you need to do. You do what you need to do to sustain your life. Because if you're not alive, you can't serve God. And if you can't serve God, you're in trouble. What is our real purpose? Our real purpose is what? It's to be of maximum service to whom? To God and the people around us. Very, very important. If you cannot sustain your life and get the help you need, you will not, cannot be of maximum service to God and those around you. Bottom of 133. One of the many doctors who had the opportunity of reading this book in manuscript form told us that the use of sweets, I'm going to skip this stupid paragraph because we don't want to eat sweets. We're going to look at page 134. We don't need to keep sweets by our bed and chocolate. That's not something that's for us. We're going to skip that. A word about sex relations, top of 134. Alcohol is so sexually stimulating to some men that they have overindulged. Couples are occasionally dismayed to find that when drinking is stopped, the man tends to be impotent. Unless the reason is understood, there may be an emotional upset. Some of us had this experience only to enjoy in a few months a finer intimacy than ever. There should be no hesitancy in consulting a doctor or psychologist if the condition persists. We do not know of many cases where this difficulty lasted long. I can't really speak to that. I'm not a um, a very experienced guy when it comes to certain aspects of life. This is one of the aspects of life I lack experience in. This is something I have a hard time really speaking to. But what I will say is, food will certainly, in my case, amputate any desire to be with another person under any circumstance. When I hate what I look like and I hate what I feel like, you really, if you're me, you just, it doesn't. So I didn't have any opportunities to do this. This was not my life. But what I can say is gaining weight, being in the food will certainly never, ever uh, accelerate. My intimacy life. it just will not uh, accelerate my intimacy life. It just won't. Middle of 134, the alcoholic may find it's hard to reestablish family relations with his children. Their young minds were impressionable while he was drinking without saying so. They may have cordial, they may cordially hate him for what he has done to them and to their mother. The children are sometimes dominated by a pathetic hardness and cynicism. They cannot seem to forgive and forget. This may hang on for months long after their mother has accepted dad's new way of living and thinking. A lot of times you can hurt the person, but if you hurt their mother or you hurt their their relative or their loved one, it becomes very, very difficult for them to forgive you. Um, So this is something that's very important for us to remember, that when you have addiction, like we do, you're not just hurting yourself, you're hurting others. So we have a responsibility to recover and we have a responsibility to forgive and forget. There's whole fellowships, ACOA and Al-Anon and CODA and all this. That deal with this, but a lot of times when a, let's just say the father is the alcoholic, because that seems to be a little easier. When the father is an alcoholic, it creates a lot of uncertainty, mistrust, anger, fear in the children and in the spouse. In the children and in the spouse, it can become very, very difficult. Bottom of 134. In time, they will see that he is a new man, and in their own way, they will let him know it. When this happens, they can be invited to join in morning meditation, and then they can take part in the daily discussion without rancor or bias. From that point on, progress will be rapid. Marvelous results often follow such a reunion. It is very important for us to remember that when you walk to God, he runs to you. That doesn't mean you're going to get instant results. It just means when you walk to God, he will run to you. He's watching and he knows and he will make things happen. We must transcend from that suspicion that God might to the knowledge and belief that God will. God can, God will. So we must transition between God might, hopefully, to God will certainly came to believe that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. Very important. I'm at the top of 135. Whether the family goes on a spiritual basis or not, the alcoholic member has to if he would recover. There is no choice for us. The others must be convinced of his new status beyond the shadow of a doubt. Seeing is believing to most families who have lived with a drinker. Yes. Here is a case in point. One of our friends is a heavy smoker and coffee drinker. We're talking about Earl Treat, who wrote. The story, um, I can't remember the title of it now because my brain isn't. He was the one who founded AA in Chicago. Coffee drinker. There was no doubt he overindulged. Seeing this and meaning to be helpful, his wife commenced to admonish him about it. He admitted he was overdoing these things, but frankly said that he was not ready to stop. His wife is one of those persons who really feels there is something rather sinful about these commodities, so she nabbed, and her intolerance finally threw him into a fit of anger, and he got drunk. Of course, our friend was wrong, dead wrong. He had to painfully admit that and mend his spiritual fences, though he is now a most effective member of Alcoholics Anonymous. He still smokes and drinks coffee, but neither his wife nor anyone else stands in judgment. She sees she was wrong to make a burning issue out of such a matter when his more serious ailments were being rapidly cured. We have three little mottos which are apropos. Here they are. First things first, live and let live, easy does it. And I will add mine cut the rope closest to your throat first. If food is killing you, concentrate on that. If, if it's liquor that's killing you, concentrate on that. It, it's cut the rope closest to your throat. And um, that is very, very important. Now, before we transition to anything, Today is September 29th. So it'll be the 7th of, is it the 7th of uh, October next Saturday? Yeah, I guess it is. Okay. Anyway, before we transition, once again, I want to thank all of you for attending today. Quite, Quite impressive. And I want to thank those people that filled in for me during my hiatus. I really appreciate Janet, Ore and Lindsay for uh, for doing that, and I also want to thank each and every one of the people here that kept this going in my absence. And if there's anybody, I also want to thank, it's Cindy. Uh, I, I don't I don't know how in the name of God I ever did anything in God's sight to deserve this person in my life. Not only is she gorgeous, but she walked in front of me and kicked rocks away so I shouldn't trip on them. She waited on me hand and foot for weeks, not a thought of her own needs, not a thought of her own wants. And unfortunately, at some point soon, she has to go back to uh, Chicago, which I will be very sad. But I understand. I completely understand. But if it wasn't for her, I fear... How or where I would have ended up, I don't know. Uh, how in the world I would have I would have made it, but um, I also want to encourage each and every one of you. Please, if you can possibly, get your tush to the birthday. We're going to have some fun, and we're going to cry, and we're going to laugh. Anybody that was there last year, I hope couldn't tell you they had a wonderful experience you're going to expand your god squad you're going to you're going to have a good time you're going to learn you're going to love it so please come to the birthday registration is open it's at oabirthday.com oabirthday.com get your hotel room cuz that's the key thing the key thing everything else is easy okay i'm going to turn it back over to dottie because I don't know who else to turn it back over to. And I'm going to take questions as much as I can. I don't seem to be, I'm wearing a compression sock. I don't seem to be swelling horribly. So maybe we can get through this 30 minute period. I'm going to put my leg up as much as I can. So Dottie, I'm going to give it to you to to do do your thing.